Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here. I'd like to welcome all those watching online. And like Mo said, this is Palm Sunday and, and Palm Sunday is the beginning of Holy Week. And it's during this week that we're gonna join with millions of people around the world. And we're gonna retrace the steps of Jesus on his final week of earthly ministry. On Palm Sunday, Jesus of Nazareth entered into Jerusalem and he entered in like royalty. And it was when he came into town riding on a donkey, it was like pandemonium. It was like a a first century ticker tape parade. I'll tell you, people were waving palm branches to welcome Jesus in as he rode in on a donkey. Now, you say, what's up with the palm branches? Well, the palm branches were a symbol of power. They were a symbol of dignity and they were a symbol of royalty. And so as they were waving it, it was the way to honor someone. They also took off their coats and they laid uh, their coats on the road so that he would uh, ride over that. It was something else. It was, it was truly a celebration made for a king. As they were waving palm branches, they were shouting out the word Hosanna. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now the word Hosanna means Lord save us. Save our people, save our nation. There's no doubt that these people had heard about Jesus. They had heard about all of the miracles and they wanted to gather in Jerusalem and they wanted to experience it. You know, some things need to be experienced, not explained. There are some things that you just can't explain and Jesus is one of those things that you simply cannot explain. You have to... When Jesus started his earthly ministry, he gathered a group of his disciples together in those early days, and he had a simple strategy. And that simple strategy was come and see. Come and see. His ministry was not to explain something, but his ministry is about for you to experience someone, for you to experience Jesus himself. This series is based on the first four chapters of the book of John. Last week, we were in John chapter three, and we talked about the story of Nicodemus. He was the original. Uh, he, uh, he was the man that talked to Jesus at nighttime on the cover of darkness, so I guess he was the original Nick at night. And so it's chapter three, and we focus on John 3.16. Now, we learned four things from John 3.16. You remember that God loves, God gave, We believe, we live. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him uh, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, today we're gonna turn the page. We're gonna look at John chapter four. Now, in John chapter four, we're introduced uh, to a new person, a, a woman, we don't know her name, a woman from Samaria. And so Jesus is having a conversation by a well. Now, here's the backdrop of the story. Jesus and his disciples, they were in Jerusalem and they wanted to go to Galilee. But the problem is the quickest way to get from Jerusalem to Galilee was to go through Samaria. 
Here's a map of that region. But the issue is, is the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along with each other. And they hated each other. There's this racial tension involved. And so the Jews would go out of their way not to go through Samaria. So you'll see the red line is their, their normal road. They would go out of their way to go down to Galilee. Um, but Jesus chose to go on the green line and he went straight through. So we pick it up in John chapter four and verse four. Verse four says, now he had to go through Samaria. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar. Um, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired as he was from the journey. He sat down by the well and it was about noon. So it's interesting that we see the words Jesus had to go. In other words, he felt prompted. He felt prompted to go through. Now, in doing so, he was taking a risk. It was oftentimes unsafe for a Jewish person to go through Samaria. But there was something on the inside of him that said, you've got to do this. You've got to go. This, you're supposed to do this. Some of you know that feeling. Some of you have felt that before, that you've got to do something. Somebody's got to do something about this. I've got to do something. And, and it could be at, at different times. Some of you have been faced with a situation at work. And you see this problem at work and you're thinking, somebody's got to do something about that. Nobody does something. Could it be that you're that somebody? You're that person that, that needs to do something about that. That's how he felt. Somebody had to do something. Maybe, uh, maybe it's with a, in your family uh, and you have a family member that, that's off the rails and you feel like somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to say something here. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're prompted. You know, you like you wake up with this, this thought in your mind, I need to take care of this, but you push it aside. No, I don't want to do that. And then throughout the day, uh, that, that thought comes back to you two or three times to the day. You, you push it out. I'm too busy. Somebody else can handle that. Somebody else will do that. And then at night you hear, that is God prompting you to do something about it. Jesus had to go through Samaria. And, and to do that, we, we take a risk. And it's a step of faith. Here's the point. When we do that, we grow in our faith. We grow when we're willing to take a risk. If you want to spiritually grow, we grow when we're willing to take a risk. But we've got to come to the place where we're willing to trust God and to step out. Step out into the unknown, step out into faith. Jesus was willing to take that risk. He was willing to go down a road less traveled. He was willing to walk through a, into a hostile situation because he knew that in Samaria, there was somebody that needed a touch. There was somebody that needed to be saved. There's somebody's life that needed to be changed. So Jesus and his disciples uh, arrived at Sakar, and, and the disciples left and go into the village to get lunch. And Jesus sat there at right by the well of Jacob's well, and he was there waiting. Next verse. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said, will you give me a drink of water? So this is the moment right here. 
that Jesus was waiting for. He went and sat down at this well waiting, and he was waiting for this woman. She's the reason they had to go through Samaria. She is the reason. Now, very practically, Jesus met her at a well. Jesus didn't meet her at the synagogue. Jesus didn't meet her at the temple. Jesus didn't meet her at a religious event. Jesus met her at the well. You can meet Jesus anywhere. You can meet Jesus anywhere. You can meet Jesus in traffic. You can meet Jesus in the middle of an argument with your uh, girlfriend or an argument with your boyfriend or an argument with your spouse that you can meet Jesus right there. Just be open. Be open to those promptings and be open to those conversations and be open to step out in faith. Could it be that you can meet Jesus right here? Right here in this auditorium, right here watching uh, this webcast, that Jesus has ordered your footsteps for you to be here at this very moment for you to have a conversation. Could it be that if you were to look at, at uh, the journey that you have been on, that God has been working behind the scenes so that you would be here at this particular time because God has a message for you and God is prompting you to take that step of faith? I believe God works behind the scenes to get our attention because here's the point. God will meet you where you are right where you are. And he'll meet you right where you are in order to take you where he wants you to be or where he wants you to go. God has a plan for your life and God is, is opening doors for you and he wants you to step out in faith and go through. God is also closing doors for you. Some of you may have had a door closed and you're beaten on that door trying to get that door to break open when God has closed that door. And I want you just to be aware of other opportunities that are coming your way because could it be God is working behind the scenes in your life because he wants to direct you. That Samaritan woman came and said, Jesus asked her for a drink and she said, wait a minute. She said, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? I mean, Samaritans and Jews don't even talk to each other. She was so surprised that Jesus even talked to her because in those days, men didn't talk to women and especially Jewish men did not talk to Samaritan women. But in this conversation, we see a turn. We see a turn because in this normal conversation, something happened. Jesus spoke and turned it just a little bit into a spiritual conversation. Jesus is asking for water. She responds. Then listen to Jesus' response. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sometimes it's just a little word, living water, that, that causes the conversation to turn. Why is this important? This is important because this week, 
Some of you are going to be in a conversation. It's going to be a normal, everyday kind of conversation, except the Holy Spirit's going to get involved in that conversation and drop a word like living water in it. And that conversation is going to turn toward a spiritual conversation direction. And you have an opportunity. Am I going to go into that conversation or am I going to change the subject? And what I want you to do is I want you to go into that conversation. You say, Marty, I don't know a lot about the Bible or, and, and all of that. I, I'm new to this. All I'm asking you to do is when that conversation turns from a normal conversation into a spiritual conversation that you be willing just to say, hey, why don't you come to church with me this Sunday? That's all. Just say that. Why don't you come to church with me? That's your response. And if you will do that, invite your friends. I will do my best to introduce them to the story of Jesus in a way that they can understand it. So here's the point. God often turns our normal conversations into spiritual conversations. Some time ago, I did a funeral in Aiken County. And uh, after the funeral was over, I stopped by a store that I had been to one time. I'd been in the store one time about a month prior to this. And so I walked in that store and the clerk at the desk looked up and said, hey, Marty, how are you doing? I was surprised. I was saying, how do you remember me? He said, oh, I remember the conversation that we had when you were in here last time. He said, in fact, I remember it so well that uh, I went and told my wife about the conversation. And so here's how that went. So I went into that store a month prior to that and uh, just he was a salesperson engaged in conversation and he was just talking about all kinds of things. Had a little, and there's a lot of salty language in our conversation. I'll let you figure out which one, which person used the salty language, me or him. But, um, anyway, a lot of salty language and it was like going back and forth like this until he asked me a question. And I had this question asked and it seems to always change the conversation. He said, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm the pastor of Stevens Creek Church. And then he looked at me and he said, did you come here because the spirit told you to come here? <laughs> now, that's a loaded conversation right there. Did you come here because the spirit told you to come here? And I said, why do you ask that? And then as the conversation continued, I found out that his daughter was in trouble. His daughter was going down a path that she didn't need to be on. And, and he and his wife, uh, they were just troubled by that. And we were able to talk through that. It was interesting how a normal conversation all of a sudden turns into a spiritual conversation. I want you to be prepared for that this week. It's just normal. I mean, you may be at a grocery store, you may be in the neighborhood, you may be at a ball field watching your kids practice, you may do, be um, on a walk, and then you're going to have a normal conversation, and then there's going to be that moment that you're going to be able to engage in a spiritual conversation. 
and you make an answer their questions or you make and say, you know what? Why don't you just come to church with me Sunday? Jesus went to that well that day for water, but he really wasn't going there for water. He was going there for a person. I believe that Jesus is here for you. He came here for you today. Jesus went to that well for a person, but a person that didn't have it all together, a person that had a bad reputation. He waited there for a woman that didn't feel valuable. He waited for a woman who didn't have a lot of self-worth. He, he didn't come, though, to judge her. He didn't come to condemn her, but instead he came to speak life into this woman. And it's interesting because this woman was a Samaritan and they didn't worship God. They worshiped idols. So Jesus waited for a woman of a different faith. And when she walked up, he asked her for a drink and the conversation started. And it's during that conversation that it turned and she said, well, what about this well? It's not, and she goes into the history of it and Jesus used that to introduce living water. And then she introduced her, uh, she asked about the Messiah. And Jesus looked at her and notice this. This is the first time in the Bible that this happens. Okay, early in the ministry, Jesus said, I am the Messiah. Jesus announced that he was the Messiah to someone of a different faith, to someone who had a, a questionable reputation, to someone, if you want to talk about her reputation, she had been married five times, and the person she was living with then, um, they were not married. And so all of this was going on, and Jesus announced that he was the Messiah to this woman. He was waiting there for her. How many times has God waited for us? He's waited for us over and over. When we were off course, when we refused to forgive that person, he's waited for us when we were addicted and, and going down the wrong road. He waited for us when we were in compromised relationships. And we had a bad attitude. And all the while, he was extending mercy. All the time, he was extending his kindness. I believe it's the mercy of God that you're even here today. It's because of the mercy of God that I'm here today. You know, when I read stories like this, I always like to look at the, the history of the story and what's really going on there. And see, you can pick up a little... Um, Interesting tidbits. I mean, did you notice about uh, all this took place at 12 noon? Now, you probably read that and it just goes right over your head. No, it's just a, a detail, but it, it means something. Because women in that community, they were responsible for getting water for the family, but they didn't go at 12 noon. Women in that community would go at the first thing in the morning. And they would use that time around the well to, to connect with one another to talk. But this woman didn't do that. This woman doesn't go at uh, early in the morning. She chose to go at the hottest part of the day because apparently she's an outcast. Apparently she's not welcomed in their conversations. It's just the little details there that we see Jesus went after an outcast in the community. So when I read a story like that, I like, like tidbits of information like that. 
But I also like to put myself in the story. And you put yourself in the story. Today, Jesus is here to meet with you. He's come here waiting to meet with you. And when that Samaritan woman met Jesus, it changed her life forever. We pick it up, we drop on down to verse 26. He said, then leaving her water jar, she's now, she's had this encounter with Jesus. She's going back home. She said, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and she said to the people, come and see, come and see, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way to him. So that woman said, come and see, said, I, I can't, I don't have the words to explain this to you. I just want you to come and see and experience what I have experienced. And the Bible says, as a result of that, uh, many Samaritans believed in Jesus because of her. We drop down to verse 39. I said, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. She said, come and see. All because Jesus was waiting. Let me say this to those of you that have never made a decision to follow Jesus. Today, Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting. He has ordered your footsteps. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And at the close of this service, I'm going to uh, pray with you. And I'm going to believe that you're going to receive Christ as the leader and the Lord of your life. And so I just want you to think about that over the next few minutes because I want to do a twist. I want to talk to another group of people here. I want to talk to a group of people that you are waiting for somebody. Maybe you're waiting on a friend or a family member. I think we all have people in our lives that we uh, want to see them change. We're hoping they'll change. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a child that's off course. Uh, maybe it's a, a friend that's not making good decisions. Or maybe a friend that's struggling or a family member that's struggling with addiction. And we're praying and we're waiting and we're praying and we're waiting for something to happen and we're waiting on them. And I would just say to you, to those of you who are waiting on somebody, I want you to keep praying. I want you to keep believing. I want you to keep trusting. I want you to keep speaking life and speaking hope and speaking encouragement. And when you see them, just bless them and say, you know, you may be off course, you may be uh, that, but I still believe in you. I still believe God has a plan for your life. Just speak that over them. Your friend needs somebody to stand in the gap for them. Your friend needs somebody, uh, your relative, your family member. They need somebody that's going to stand in the gap for them and continue to believe when they cannot have the power, don't have the power to believe for themselves. Now, here's a picture of my aunt and uncle. My uncle is Carol and my aunt is Janelle. Now, when I was growing up, they were my favorite aunt and uncle. Of all of my aunt and uncles, they were the best. Uh, they would take us places. They would do all of that. I'll never forget. Now, I don't know what parent would allow this to happen, but my mom did. I actually spent the night, when I was eight or nine years old, I spent the night with Carol in his college dormitory. You just don't do that. It was the first time I ever saw marijuana face-to-face. 
you know, as an eight-year-old. And um, anyway, it, but Carol and Janelle, they were just, they were great people. And so I would go over to their house um, in Athens and, and uh, play cards. And I'd spend uh, the weekends with them. I'd spend two weeks in the summer. I'd do all this stuff. They were just, the first ones like take me white water rafting. First one that introduced me to Rocky Road ice cream. I mean, I can just, the list goes on and on. They're just wonderful salt of the earth kind of people. People love them in their neighborhoods. They're just nice. Carol was, uh, worked for CSX Railroad. Janelle was, uh, uh, is a, was a um, school teacher. These are good people, but they're far, far from God. Far from God. And uh, we love spending time with them. And, and, and my heart just broke for them. They're just not interested. They were just not interested in they, they, uh, the church. I think they've been here maybe one time, you know, um, but they would always come through town, but not on church days and that kind of stuff. It just wasn't a part of them. They just wasn't interested. And, I, and I'm telling you, I prayed for them. Every 21 days, I would take that target and I would write their names down, Carol and Janelle and, and others. Uh, I would go over here in this corner and I would write their name on these windows. And I just prayed for them. That picture that you saw was, um, we stopped by their house in Blue Ridge because we heard Carol had gotten sick. And, and in fact, a year and a half ago, Carol passed away. And uh, they called me and asked me to do the, do the funeral. And I was just so honored to do that. And so we drove up to Blue Ridge to do the funeral. And, you know, just with this question, you know, where is he now? All these years, I just, I, you know, where is he now? I'd prayed all those prayers. I'd planted all those seeds. Where is he now? It was during the visitation that a guy came up to me and said, Marty said, uh, I was your uncle's caregiver. And I used to take him to uh, Dairy Queen every afternoon. And it's during those conversations, I would take him. We had spiritual conversations and I was able to pray with him and lead him in the sinner's prayer. And just him taking the time to, to hunt me down and tell me that story without me asking was just meant the world to me. But, you know, his, his life changed and Janelle's life changed. In fact, this Tuesday, Janelle calls and she calls every week. And this, well, I put it on speaker and, uh, Tuesday night and she was saying, now Marty, she said, my prayer group at the church uh, is praying for your grandson. Can you give me an update? And, you know, when it's over, we go over that day. We just, Patty and I just looked at each other and laughed. To hear her say, my prayer group at the church. Y'all, for 30 years that I've been praying, I never uh, heard her say anything like that until recently. My prayer group at the church. Now, what am I saying to you? I'm saying that you have some good people in your life. Some good, salt of their fun-loving people. People that you just want to be around. But they're far from God. And I want to say, continue to cultivate that relationship. Continue to pour into that relationship. Continue to pray over them. Here's the point. Don't give up on people too quickly. Don't give up on people too quickly. Stand in faith, because in faith, where they are now is not where they're going to end up. But I want you to keep believing, keep praying, and keep waiting. I believe that God knows how to get their attention. 
You just keep praying. They may be off course now, but you just declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Just declare that over them. Speak life, speak faith over them. Now look, you don't have to force anybody to change. In fact, you cannot force anybody to change. It just doesn't happen that way. Sometimes, instead of trying to force it on them, just love them. Just love them. You know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13? It says, love never fails. If you will just love them, love never fails. I believe you can love them back on track. I believe that you can love them when they don't deserve it and when they won't listen. You love them when they're making poor choices. And along with loving them, you're constantly praying over there, speaking life, speaking hope, speaking faith, planting those seeds. And I realize you are planting a lot of seeds like I did for decades. And I was planting those seeds on hard ground, rocky soil. But the good news is that seed never dies. I read this past week of a seed they found in the country of Turkey. And they found this seed in an airtight coffin. And they believe that this seed is over 4,000 years old. And so they took this seed and they planted it in good soil and it blossomed. It's still alive. The point is, all it needed was the right soil. And I just want to say to you, keep uh, planting those seeds for those people. I, I believe that at the right time, God will put circumstances in their life to cause that soil to be soft. And you know what? Some, there are certain seasons that seeds grow better in, okay? There are certain seasons that seeds, I believe that one of the best seasons that you can plant in is the Easter season. I believe that more people are open uh, to come to church during Easter than any other time of the year. And so I just want you to use this as an opportunity to plant a seed, to sow a seed. Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria to reach his destination. He went through Samaria to reach this woman. To reach this woman. It's interesting to me also that, that this story, John chapter 4 that he's had this conversation. He's telling the disciples about this conversation. And then he turned the conversation to go a little bit deeper about seeds. Speaking about the harvest. Later on in that, that uh, chapter, he's telling the disciples, he said, look, we've planted seeds here. And we need to realize that God is at work, that we look at the fields that they're white under harvest. You know, when we first started this church, we used this scripture as something to give us energy to rally around that there's a harvest field here. God is at work here. And God wants to do something 
immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine. But he wants us to continue to stay in faith, to continue to wait, to continue to love, and to continue to believe. Okay, I want to come back to that first group. A few minutes ago, I told you that you're right here and Jesus is right here. Jesus is here today. And that's not a coincidence that Jesus is here and you're here. I believe that you're here because God has ordered your footsteps for you to have an opportunity to give your life to him. For you to have an opportunity, for you to understand what Christmas and Easter is all about. That Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to give you a second chance. Jesus came to give you a new start. Jesus came to give you power to live. And I'm not trying to get you to join our religion here. I am talking about for you having a relationship. And that relationship begins by just saying, Jesus, come. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, help me. And for those of you watching online or those of you watching on demand, I'm saying that to you. It's not an accident that you have tuned in today. But God has ordered uh, your fingertips to scroll to this page at this particular time because he has a message for you that you matter to God and that he has given his life for you. So I'm going to pray for you. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. We're not going to put it off anymore. Today is the day. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those individuals watching. I pray for those in this room, people that have never made a decision to follow Jesus, that today is the day that they're going to pray this prayer. Say this, say, Jesus, Come into my heart. Say that. Come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I want you to pray this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you want me to be. Save me. Fill me with your presence. I give my life to you. And Father, as they pray that prayer, do as only you can do. Let the miracle of salvation come upon them. Now, I want to pray for a different group of people. I want to pray for you who are waiting for somebody. You're waiting for that child that is off course. You're waiting for that friend that has gone down the wrong path. You're waiting for the situation to change. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we here have people in our lives that are, have gone down the wrong path. And we have prayed and we have prayed and we have prayed. It is my prayer today, God, just like you touched my aunt and uncle that you will touch other people uh, as a result of our prayers today. God, that you would soften up the soil as we plant these seeds. God, that you would place them in, in the uh, relationships that would help them see life in a different way. Jesus, I pray for those that are struggling with sickness and disease and they're struggling alone. I pray, Father, that you would bring healing and wholeness and that you would receive all the glory as a result of it. 
Father, I pray for those that are in the middle of a a dissolving relationship, that in the middle of that dissolving relationship, that they would find Jesus there. Come, Holy Spirit, move upon us. God, have mercy upon us and have mercy upon our, our daughters and our sons and our brothers and sisters and our moms and dads and our friends. Come, Lord, move on us today. And we thank you for what you're gonna do. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to text this number 706-222-7123. Just text the word decided. And we'll help you take your steps to grow in your faith. And speaking about growing in your faith, I wanna speak to the ladies real quickly. We're having a a women's conference at the end of uh, April on a Saturday. I want you to listen to the promo for that. Often as women, we are always busy taking care of everyone else around us. We take care of our husbands, we take care of our families, our jobs, and many times we're even taking care of our neighbors. So we are always, we love to focus on other people. But we are setting aside one day, April uh, the 24th, it's on a Saturday, where we want you to come and focus on you and your relationship with the Lord. It's gonna be a great day that we have planned And so I wanna encourage every one of you uh, to mark your calendars now and come and join us for that special day. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.